But I think it's also worth pointing out that a lot of the old beliefs about the way the world was or used to be or has been in the past are obviously getting uh, something of a revision, something of a new coat of paint. Um, because if you're paying attention to what's happening, the, the places where you see the worst kind of trends playing out, the places where you see people um, suffering the worst kind of indignities. Uh, I had a friend, for example, who, heaven knows what he said online, but PayPal just decided they were taking $2,500 of his and no appeal. Thank you. Um, and, and you hear about people being debanked, right? With no explanation given, just you get a letter from your bank and you're not allowed to, to bank there anymore. And that's that, right? And so where is that happening? Well, it's happening in the UK, happened with Nigel Farage. It's happening in the US, right? Uh, Joseph Mercola uh, uh, had to deal with that, if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, and these people are, are, are being punished for their views. Um, you don't hear about anybody being debanked in Mexico. You don't hear about people losing their freedom to move around or to keep their money or to use a payment platform or having their funds confiscated by somebody in Mexico. Is it happening? I guess it's possible. But my point here is um, you do feel a certain liberty when you go to Mexico, even though that's not normally what people associate with being in Mexico. And I think the reason for this is you're, you're talking about a country where their basic trajectory right now is still up. What's up, everybody? Tay Nicks here back again with the Expat Files. I want to talk to you about a short trip I just made to um, one of my favorite places in the world. But this was unique. I'm talking about Mexico. And uh, I spent a lot of time in Mexico. My son was born in Mexico. I have a real affinity to Mexico, not just because of its proximity to, to the part of the world where I live now. If you're in North America, Mexico has tremendous advantage in that it's so close, so easy to get to from our part of the world. And I'm talking to you in the Caribbean, so it's equally easy for me. But also because Mexico really throws a lot of different things into the mix, one of which is a, a really tremendous level of personal freedom. Now, you don't think of Mexico as being the bastion of personal freedom, but I think it's also worth pointing out that a lot of the old beliefs about the way the world was or used to be or has been in the past are obviously getting uh, something of a revision, something of a new coat of paint. Um, because if you're paying attention to what's happening, the, the places where you see the worst kind of trends playing out, the places where you see people um, suffering the worst kind of indignities. Uh, I had a friend, for example, who heaven knows what he said online, but PayPal just decided they were taking $2,500 of his and no appeal. Thank you. Um, and, and you hear about people being debanked, right? With no explanation given, just you get a letter from your bank and you're not allowed to, to bank there anymore. And that's that, right? And so where is that happening? Well, it's happening in the UK, happened with Nigel Farage. It's happening in the US, right? Uh, Joseph Mercola uh, uh, had to deal with that, if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, and these people are, are, are being punished for their views. Um, you don't hear about anybody 
being debanked in Mexico. You don't hear about people losing their freedom to move around or to keep their money or to use a payment platform or having their funds confiscated by somebody in Mexico. Is it happening? I guess it's possible. But my point here is um, you do feel a certain liberty when you go to Mexico, even though that's not normally what people associate with being in Mexico. And I think the reason for this is you're, you're talking about a country where their basic trajectory right now is still up. It's, it's, it's improving and they like their prosperity very, very much. Um, in this case, the past week I spent in the south of Mexico in the state of Chiapas. Now, this is a really, really unique part. Most people think of Mexico, they think of Cabo, they think of Mexico City, maybe Querétaro or San Miguel, somewhere in the center, or of course the Riviera Maya, uh, Playa del Carmen, uh, Cancun, and now the very fast-growing and very trendy Tulum. Um, I went to uh, Chiapas, I passed through Chiapas in 1999 on my way south to what would be a very fateful rendezvous with my own destiny, um, where I bought property in Central America and built a house and lived on and off for a number of years, and just had an extraordinary experience in the forests and, and mountains, uh, the high plateau of, of Guatemala, uh, learning medicine and having all kinds of various interesting experiences that really, really taught me how to go global, taught me how to live internationally um, at a level and to a degree that your casual traveler or your casual hey, let's book a trip to Club Med this year, kind of tourist just doesn't know and doesn't, doesn't understand, doesn't know even exists. And so I, I passed through um, uh, Chiapas and San Cristobal de las Casas, the, one of the major cities in Chiapas. The other one is Tuxtla Gutierrez, where you fly in, where the main airport, that's the capital of Chiapas, and, um, and just had an eye-opening experience. Now, I know Mexico pretty well, um, in 1999, when I passed through, there was nothing special. It was very pleasant. Um, one of the things that you notice in Chiapas is the altitude. You're very, very high up, so it's cool, which is nice because in most of Latin America, certainly where most people spend most of their time, if you end up in Mexico, you're sweating your, you're sweating your clothing absolutely every single day um, in a place like the Riviera Maya. I mean, the heat is so disgusting, it's nauseating, right? But at that altitude, it's very, very pleasant. Uh, even during the day, it gets warm, but it's it's nice and cool at night. So right away, there's a whole different feel to the place. But there was something else, and I'm going to tell you about it here at the end. Um, I just want to uh, talk about the community and, and what is happening in these parts of these little enclaves in various portions of Mexico. Um, I discovered a real serious, very committed expat community. These are people who are um, bringing resources and knowledge and help and and, and, and a sort of communal vibe to, hey, we're here also, uh, let's make the most of it. I have skills, what are your skills? Let's see if we can build something together. Um, a good friend of mine is is a key player, I would say, in all of this. He and his wife are putting together just fantastic events to to allow people to, to really come together and get to know one another. And also because there is this shared purpose or this shared goal of trying to find a place outside the obvious control of your home government, if you're coming from the US or Canada, um, and you want to find a place like that, they do exist. They're out there and they're not that hard to find. What I've done with expat files is to try to show you all the different communities. A file is a group of people working together and living together based on shared values. Um, what a concept, right? That used to be the norm in most of, 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 of North America, at least for a portion of my life. Um, but it's not really that way anymore. And the, and the kind of 
um, the kind of friction that you see, the kind of problems that you see, you can sidestep a lot of that by just going to a community to where, where people are intentionally trying to find ways to, to leverage their skills and to make a good life uh, outside of the, 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 the hassles and all of the, the, the pain in the neck kind of uh, regulations that you get back home in North America. And so these things are happening. This is taking place. Now, my adventure was uh, this past week, I, I went and, and met with some people, uh, had a chance to meet, we shared a meal or two, it was Thanksgiving. So um, hung out together up in San Cristobal and then took a trip to the coast. Now the growth happening in Mexico, again, my point to you is, for whatever headaches you would find in a place like Mexico, the place is still on the way up. And the feeling there is that the people are very, very happy and very proud of their new prosperity. And they do have a lot of prosperity in Mexico. We went to the coast and there's a deep water port. Um, it's not actually deep water port that's being built. It's a, it's a port that's being actually uh, rigged the way they do it on, on the Pacific coast because there's not a lot of harborage. There's not a lot of obvious bays where you can necessarily create a port, um, but they'll just build a, a large sea ball. Now this takes big machinery and a lot of resources because you're dropping huge rocks into deeper and deeper water to build a huge um, uh, uh, barrier against the sea so that large ships can come in. And so this is happening in a, in a very specific location on the Pacific coast. The port has never been that extensive but you can see what's about to happen is once you have a, a, a port where that much commerce is going to be coming in from all over the world and then trucked around Mexico and right goods distributed and all the rest, you have a real fountain of prosperity. And so that's happening on the Pacific coast. Uh, we drove about five hours to get there. We passed through the most unbelievable wind farm where there's probably, I don't know, there might've been as many as a thousand of these enormous um, wind turbine uh, windmills that you see that are so often broken and that cost so much money and are quite frankly so inefficient. But this little corridor we had to drive through on the way to the Pacific coast was just chock a block and hundreds and hundreds of these things. And they're enormous, obviously. So that represents a very large investment by the Mexican government to try to generate electricity by all the wind that comes through that little corridor. So um, the other thing that we saw that I thought was worth mentioning, I'll try to stick some B-roll footage in here for you, um, is the uh, immigrants, the immigration of people actually trekking and walking all the way from the south where they must have crossed the Mexican border, either with Guatemala, I, I uh, suppose. Um, and then obviously with the goal of crossing the border to get into the United States in the north. So people walking on foot all day, every day, sleeping in the bushes. Um, these people are very well funded. They all have new clothing, new backpacks. They do not look like they are hungry and headed north. They're, they're not down and out. Um, Africans, looks like Haitians, like people from the Caribbean, people from all over the world. I saw some Asians, Chinese looking people um, on foot walking through Mexico to get to the U.S. border, hoping to enter. Very interesting. Um, and so and, and again, right, who's sponsoring all these people? 